Hey everybody and welcome to the Young Adults Today podcast where we talk about reaching young adults in our world today. Here are your hosts, Josiah and Micah Keneally. What's up, guys? Hope you're feeling alive right now. I'm Mikey Keneally. I'm Josiah Keneally. Listen, we're the hosts of this Young Adults Today podcast where we have conversations around the faith of the next generation. Let's reach young adults in our world today. And thanks for subscribing. Thanks mm-hmm. for sharing this content with others. It helps the message of Jesus and the message of young adults today go further faster. And we're joined today by our friend, Pastor Reba Gray. How are you today, Reba? I'm doing great. We are so thrilled to have you. It's always fun to have another female on this conversation that's in leadership that God has anointed and appointed for such a time as this, like those Esther moments that we just get to lean into as a community, as pastors, as leaders, as supporters of the next generation. And just for the person Mm -hmm. who may not know who you are yet, Pastor Reba, we would love for you just to like do a little recap of your life, your journey. How did you get to where you are? And just take us on a little journey for a minute or two. Oh, man. Well, um, my husband and I are here in Alexandria, Minnesota. We are leading Reach Church. And um, it all started um, back in northern Minnesota. I grew up in a pastor's family. I actually come from a line of pastors. My grandparents were both pastors. And Um, however, I grew up in the Lutheran denomination, which, um, is a great denomination. They have their strengths. Um, but the thing that was missing was that active work of the Holy spirit. And when I was 10 years old, my parents, um, attended a conference and were filled with the Holy spirit. And then that trickled down into us kids and myself. And I I remember, but that's really where my transformation in my relationship with Christ changed and became very real to me before it was just, that's what I did. I mean, you don't know anything different. And, but it was a lot of just do's and don'ts. And there was a lot of expectation and pressure put on my family and myself as a kid and just not knowing any different. Um, And while that was amazing, it didn't necessarily stop the pain and heartache of, of church hurt and of people being flawed and, um, went through a lot of difficult seasons as a family and ended up long story short, my aunt, my dad ended up leaving, uh, as a pastor in the ministry. Um, and I, I had pretty much been set on God, I love you. And, I'm not walking away from you, but your people, <laughs> I'm not sure how I feel about them. And uh, really wrestled through just church in general and was pretty, had a lot of bitterness. Um, my dad ended up passing away when I was 18. Uh, the day before I was about to move to go to school at North Central as a freshman. And that really rocked my world. And most of your listeners probably know that North Central is an Assemblies of God church or school, affiliated school. And I'd never even heard of Assemblies of God before going to North Central. And then I realized like, wow, this is a whole world. And I was just thrown right into it. And it was exactly what I needed at that time. And just God met me there, both in the chapel services and his spirit, but also just with the people that he surrounded me with. And I went into it. I I loved music, had a passion for it, but didn't think I could make any money in music. Um, but I felt like God was calling me to it. So I said, okay, fine, I'll do music. 
but I'm not going to do ministry. <laughs> and that lasted a semester. And then I changed my major to music pastor. Uh, so I got my degree in that and I have a heart for just music and how that can just touch our souls and connect us to God in a whole different level. Um, so I've worked for several churches as doing leading worship and, and doing music. And I love doing that, but it's definitely the there's aspects to that role that make it very difficult for me as a creative person to maintain for an extended period of time. So it's been really fun for me to work with my husband and we've transitioned uh, four and a half years ago to him being a lead pastor and just to see him thrive in that role and then be able to just come alongside him and support him and bring my own personality, my own giftings to um, balance him out a little bit and supplement those areas that he's weak and I'm strong and, and that kind of a thing. It's been really fun. I've been able to explore the different areas of ministry and, and uh, young adults I did not see coming, to be honest with you. It was kind of one of those things where there was a need and I kind of had a heart and a vision for it. But I was like, I don't think, I don't know what I'm doing. This is very uncharted territory, but I said, okay, well, and I kind of figured it would be like a short term type of thing. But the longer I've done it, I've just grown such a bigger heart for it and more and more excited. And it has just blown up our church and our young adults are incredible. And I just feel so unbelievably blessed that I was chosen to be a part of this, that I get to just kind of watch as they thrive and have taken this ministry and this community and really impacted our church and our community. It's been awesome. My goodness, it's so fun to watch you and Nick um, pastor side by side as you lead Reach, amazing church in Alexandria. And we've been there to young adults. It's also fun because our paths cross at least, at least mine did with you guys. I think it was a 115 Monday, Wednesday, Friday class at North Central, possibly Dr. Tennyson's, one of his classes, I, if I remember right. Um, but just so fun to see friends in ministry leading together, doing an amazing work. And side note, uh, all young adults are invited May 12th through the 14th. If you're listening, if you're leading a young adult ministry or a young adult listening, and you mm -hmm. want to come with us to the weekend, we'll be at in Reba City, actually at yes. Geneva, May 12th through the 14th. There's still time to get signed up at yep. Young Adult Stock today. Click on the events and then the weekend. It we'd love to see you um, join us. But I, I also love that you guys have created space intentionally mm -hmm. to cultivate community among young adults. And sometimes we look, it's sometimes that's an overlooked demographic that can mm -hmm. sometimes sadly be just misunderstood or overstudied, underserved. And I've loved talking with you and Pastor Nick about this, but in your thoughts, I mean, just describe, maybe you said it's blown up and, and changed the culture of your church. Go there for a second. Talk about what is it like um, at Reach Church, what's the culture and what does young adult ministry look like for you guys there? Oh my goodness. Well, we have, we run an average of like 30 young adults on our Thursday nights when we meet. Um, but beyond that, we've got young adults that get together regularly throughout the week. I know that there's a group that I'm pretty sure every Sunday after church, they go have lunch together mm -hmm. and We've got, I would say, almost a large 
percentage of our volunteers on Sunday mornings or on our Wednesday night youth groups are young adults. Mm-hmm. They're pouring into the kids ministry. Um, they're greeters. They're on the worship team. They're in the youth ministry. Um, and then they're also, they've been heading up these worship nights where on every Saturday night, they just open up the church, put music on, and they just pray for two hours at a time. And yeah. we've got people that are really like working in their spiritual gifts, whether that's prayer, whether, I mean, and they're seeking the Holy spirit for the prophetic for healing. I mean, they're just excited. And I think it's the rest of our church notices. I mean, they're taking note of this and I, I think it's raising the rest of them up to a higher standard and say like, wow, we could do this too. And they're, they're excited and they're on board. It's been really, really fun to see them step up as leaders. Oh, I love that. I think it's so fun and refreshing. And Josiah says this all the time. And he says the wave like generally starts in the young adult section. If you're at a sporting event, the wave starts there. And sometimes I feel like even in the church world, the wave starts with the youth and young adults, the people who are passionate, who may not have been hurt or tainted by the church like others have. And they're not letting that hold them back. They want to discover what what God has for them, the plans, the purpose functioning mm-hmm. in the power of prayer and just tapping into that, I think so is good. so awesome and incredible to really realize and recognize that you and your husband, what are you guys doing? You're just creating an opportunity for them to come saying, Hey, here are the, here are the mm-hmm. church keys, the church doors, like they're open to you. All they have to do is ask. And I think so many times yeah. As leaders, as young adults, we need to be reminded that we have not because we ask mm-hmm, not. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. when we have a prayer that has not yet been answered, or made it's maybe it's never been actually verbalized or prayed out loud, it's only a thought in our head. Our thoughts are great, but our prayers also have power. And I think that we sometimes mm-hmm. speak those things out get them out of our brains and just start presenting them to the Lord because something yeah. is wanting to birth inside any and all of us. And one of the biggest things we've really realized in young adult ministry, ever since we were young adults, maybe in, even in our youth is the importance of community and that doing life together, community together, Bible studies together, lunch after church, that is a form of community. Yeah. And when it comes to community, to know that some of the people you meet in those young adult years could be your lifelong friends, could be so. your next roommate, could be your future spouse, could be fill in the blank. Like there is a relational component that we all get to, or we have to choose to um, bring forth, you know, that need in our own hearts and admit like, wow, I am in need, not only of a savior, but I'm in need of a church and a church community mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm. see what God does. So Reba, I would just love to like tap into what is your heart about young adult leaders right now when it comes to the importance of community, connecting to each other, connecting to Christ, and maybe a couple approaches that you and your team have taken to help fulfill or satisfy or even set the table for some of the people in your community? Yeah, well, consistency is super important. You know, I, I there's so many great things you can do here in Alexandria and I get ideas all the time. Oh, we should go to the beach. We should go do this. And I said, that's great. But on Thursdays, we're in our church. I mean, it has to be the same place, same time. Um, I rarely do anything that's outside of our church building because 
for that person who maybe they've thought been invited a bunch of times and then this is the first they finally got the nerve up to come they maybe come 10 minutes late and we're already gone and that might have been the only opportunity they came they had to come and so making sure that we're consistent with where we're meeting when we're meeting they always know that there's something going on and now we've been going from now uh for about a year and a half and maybe some of those people who haven't been around for a while or used to come and maybe they've just kind of gotten in a rut but now we're starting to see them come back because they realize now we've got a reputation that we're always meeting Mm -hmm. whenever you're ready you can come back you're welcome. And we've got a great group of leaders that are anytime there's a new person or maybe they don't know them right when they walk in the door, they go up to them. Hi, what's your name? My name's this. And where are you from? How long have you been here? I mean, they just really take initiative to initiate those conversations right when they first walk in. And that's been huge to create. We're not just a click, you know, it's not just the same people every week. And if you come, you feel really out of place, but we always have new people and we've created a culture where everybody is welcome. Everybody is going to get talked to and everybody's, we always have nine square in the air set up and that's a really easy way to just be like, come and play. I don't know how to talk to you. So let's play a game. And so it creates a little bit of a barrier of the awkwardness. Um, But that consistency has been really key. Um, And something fun that we do is we don't do the same thing every week. So we kind of have a structure where, the first Thursday of the month, we just have an activity night. So people bring their favorite board games. We'll have a Nintendo Switch set up and we'll play Just Dance or we'll just have music going, people hang out and it's a really non-threatening environment for maybe somebody who's not ready for the more deep messages and things like that. And they just wanna try it out. This is just a time to play games. And in the summertime, we open up our big garage door and have Frisbee mm-hmm. or a bonfire going. And then the second week, of the month we do, um, well, now it's shifted. We used to do a message, but now we're doing sharing nights, which is new and exciting. So we have our young adults who feel like God's put a message on their heart or share their testimony. Or we have one girl that wrote a book and she's going to share about her book and present that. And they get to just share what God's placed on their heart, give them an opportunity to use their gifts um, to practice. This is, and we're all very supportive of each other. And so it can be really scary to talk to your peers, but mm-hmm. we just cheer each other on. And we just started that last month and we're going to do that again this month and just get a couple people up there, share a little 15 minute message. And then we pray and we discuss and it's been really excited. I wasn't sure I was going to go, but people are excited. I mean, it's, you just give them the opportunity and they just, they take it and run. And I've been just so impressed with the initiative that they've taken and They've just eaten it up. It's been really exciting. So that's our second week of the month. And then the third week of the month, we do what's called our family dinner. Um, When I first did this, I thought, well, we got to have food, but I don't have much of a budget. And my husband goes, well, just have it potluck style. And I thought, people don't want to bring food, but it has been so fun. You have those people in there that they love to cook or they've got these family recipes that they love to be able to share. And it's been so fun for people to show off their little dishes and things and we usually have a kind of a theme going into it whether it's mexican and tacos or pasta night things like that so you kind of have a palette to work with um and then we like to bring in somebody from our church usually the uh, older generation to share their testimony so this provides an opportunity for our young adults to connect with the rest of our church as well as the rest of our church to connect with our young adults 
um, that they may see on a Sunday, but they don't know their name or don't know how to talk to them. Mm-hmm. And then we built, we've had opportunities for people to make mentorships out of those nights, out of those testimony nights and, or just to have somebody that, Hey, I saw you on Thursday. Thank you for sharing. And just have those connecting points on Sunday where it bridges that gap yeah. for all the generations. So that's been awesome. And then the last week of the month, we use small groups. So we use right now media and we put on a video series kind of a Bible study. And then we just get into smaller groups and talk about it and we discuss. And that's really where you see a lot of those opening up conversations happen and people growing deeper with each other and having those spiritual conversations in more intimate setting. So, yes. Yes. Oh my goodness. I think that you hit on so many things, Reba, that maybe a young leader listening mm-hmm. is like, where do I start? Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. right now media is an incredible resource. I think yeah. that that's a great place to start, especially if you're mm-hmm. still honing teaching and, or maybe you feel like I'm not a teacher, but I'm a gatherer. Right. I can cultivate mm-hmm. a community, but I need somebody to bring the work consistently. That's a great way. We've used those in our home, in, in groups that we've had others lead. Mm-hmm. Um, Right now, media is great. I think of just potluck. If you feed them, they will come and their buy-in goes up when they're responsible for helping feed others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I mean, you talk about just the power of testimony. We overcome by the blood of the lamb mm-hmm. and the word of our testimony. So many thoughts. And um, I know, Micah, you had talked about the waves starting in the student section. Mm-hmm. And I think of just both, I hear this from young adults a lot that they're lonely or they're looking for community or it's mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, I thought I was going to have all this free time, but now I work nine to five and it's hard to go out or it's hard mm-hmm. to meet people. And right. I, I would say to anyone listening that you might need to become a person of the first move because mm-hmm. everyone, this is one of my core values. Like uh, a few years back, we switched churches and I went from being on staff at a church where I noticed anyone visiting for mm-hmm. the first time. So we went and half the people, if not more than half, didn't know who I was. And it's, mm-hmm. it's that focus of being anonymous. And we go to some places where it's like, oh man, these are our tribe. These are our people. This is a conference that feels like family. And then sometimes we're invited in as outside guests. And it's like, we're going to help other people feel at home because we don't feel at home ourselves. Like mm-hmm. we've yeah. had enough of those experiences. Mm-hmm. In fact, I was talking to an organizational leader this week. And he's part of the AG. So he, we saw him at CMN, the Church Multiplication Network Conference. And he goes, oh, that's my tribe. Those are my people. I knew 100% of the people. There's like 2,000 people. He went last week to ARC, mm-hmm. the Association of Related Churches. And he was there for something. He goes, Josiah, I didn't know anyone. He goes, and this was a wake-up call to me of how people feel coming on Sundays, mm-hmm. not knowing mm-hmm. a soul. And I think it's good for us as pastors or leaders to put the shoes on the other feet, to try yeah. on what's it like to be on the other side of me? What's it, maybe I'm an insider. Yeah. So I don't have eyes to think about what's it like to be an outsider. And that's where church visits are so, so good. But I'll go full circle, close the loop for a second and say this, becoming a person of the first move, what that's meant for me, mm-hmm. anyone I've talked to at our church, they love it. Mm-hmm. Their favorite subject is them. Their favorite sound is their name. And I get those quotes from Dale Carnegie, how to win friends and influence people. But 
But it's true. Everyone loves it when you remember their name. Everyone loves talking about themselves, but they're waiting for someone else to ask them the question or initiate. So as leaders, mm-hmm. as a listener, or as a viewer, I would just really challenge you today to say, become a person of the first move. Where do I see this in scripture? Mm-hmm. Lydia. Mm-hmm. Lydia's story is remarkable. She was a dealer in the purple cloth. She had a gathering of people and it's like the New Testament church goes mm-hmm. to start things up. And she receives Jesus and immediately it says she opened up her home and that's where a church was planted, started. Mm -hmm. You could argue Mm -hmm. she had the gift of apostolic ministry and, and the gift of hospitality, but why, why should we be a people of the purple cloth? It's because we're hospitable because Jesus invited us into Mm -hmm. his family. We can pull up the chairs for others, but I'm passionate about this. And I think that it's really easy for a leader even to say, oh man, I don't have any friends outside of my church. Become a person Mm -hmm. of the first move. I'm fanatical about it because you've got to create it for yourself and you've got to create it for others. And when you do that, um, other people end up saying thank you because they're looking for the same thing themselves. Mm, That's good. Well, to take off of that, my husband talks a lot about, you know, when you invite somebody who's not a Christian to a service or to something that's a Christian event, you see things differently. You want to make sure that person feels comfortable. And it's so easy to get comfortable with what we know and to get, you do the same thing every week, you know, the same people, you know, how the service is going to go, you know, where to go and all of these things. But as soon as you bring somebody that's not comfortable in that, now you're like, Oh, I hope that this person gets talked to. I hope somebody welcomes them. I hope somebody sits by them. I hope somebody invites them to this. And, you know, it just gives you that perspective of not only when you're a new person, but when you're bringing somebody that's new or maybe doesn't know the Lord and you see things totally different. Yeah. It reminds me of the movie or the show called Undercover Boss. Yeah. Where the boss goes in dressed up so like a hillbilly or they have like this crazy hairdo or like they don't even look like themselves and nobody knows it's the boss who's actually the owner of this chain or this restaurant or business or facility or whatever. And they begin to see the ins and the outs and the dysfunction of how Mm -hmm. this is being managed under the franchise name that they have started. And I think sometimes even as church leaders, I mean, we're not the owners of the church, but God has appointed us for a time to, to be those people to really uncover and discover what is it like to be the person who's not yet part of the community? And is there a place for them at the seat? And if so, do we have on-ramps, programs, events, people in place, volunteers in place, whatever that is, a friendly face that they can sit next to? And um, building community, that's a make it or break it for many people. I can't tell Mm -hmm. you how many times I've run into young adults who I see in the parking lot or I had to go run out and grab something. I see somebody sitting in their car and I wave to them. Then they finally get out and they're like, this is the first time last six weeks that I've actually gotten out of my car because I've driven away the last five. And the only reason why I got out is because you saw me. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So you were, and these people are closer to 30 than they are 20 sometimes. Mm -hmm. So you're like, wow, what are we doing or what are we not doing to lure the belief in their believers or like, they're wanting to experience that, but let alone how much more aware do we need to become for the non-believer and making room for questions, topics of conversation, discussions yeah. that maybe we don't have the answers to, but we're able and willing to admit 
I don't know, but I'd love to come alongside you. Why don't you attend our Bible study and let's unpack this in the next series that we're talking about, because that's exactly what it's going to be. So being mindful and aware of leaders of what's taking place in the ministry, I can't know Mm -hmm. everything, but to know, are we leading the people well to build a community that anybody can be a part of and feel loved, cherished, seen and to know that they can ask something and not get kicked out the doors. So, (laughs) And part of the pushback sometimes against the idea of even young adult ministry as a whole, and I think you can speak to this in such a powerful, powerful Mm -hmm. way, Reba, but sometimes people will say, well, we don't want another program, or we don't uh, don't want a church within a church, or we don't want siloed ministries. And already Mm -hmm. you've touched on some of the themes that Mm -hmm. you guys have young adults who are serving in every other, Mm -hmm. it's changed Mm -hmm. the culture of your church. But for the person who's maybe a little bit fearful, but they're listening and they're, they have a burden to reach young adults, but they're just maybe fearful of a church within a church or a siloed ministry or a program versus Mm -hmm. personal relationships. Can you weigh in on that? Well, you know, going into it, I very intentionally don't have certain things, a part of our, what Thursday nights, we don't do worship. And I know a lot of people love that. And so then I get to say, I want you leaving wanting more, you know? And so come on Sunday where we have worship or come on our prayer and worship nights once a month as a church. And so leaving some of those areas out so that people have to work a little bit harder (laughs) or they don't just get everything they want on a Thursday and think, okay, I'm good. I don't need to connect to the local church. Um, It helps that my husband's the pastor and I'm on staff because I I do get to see the whole picture. Uh, I think getting that staff and that pastoral leadership involved, whether you're the leader that's on staff or whether you have somebody in the pastoral staff that you're accountable to, that you're connecting with um, in order to encourage your young adults to also get connected on those Sundays. Um, But we don't have a message every week. We don't have, um, we, we talk about how, you know, our, our goal for our young adults nights are for you to build relationships with other people in your similar stage of life and also to build your relationship with God too. Um, but communicating that, I think it's like, okay, we're not just here to soak it all up and this is our time. I mean, it is kind of, but they're keeping that bigger picture in mind for them. Um, and just encourage it. I mean, sometimes I announce some of the things that we're doing on Sundays, you know, we just had baptisms. And so talking about them about, Hey, if you want to get baptized, or we have these other things going on on Sundays that they might want to participate in. Um, we don't do that all the time because we do have quite a few of our young adults that go to other churches. Um, but I would say the majority of the young adults that have come to our Thursday nights that didn't already have a church home, have found their church home on Sundays at reach. And it's been really fun to see how that has, they've gotten more consistent on Sundays when I've seen them more consistent on Thursdays. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it's almost the same question in reverse. And I didn't send this one to you, but it's burning in my heart and mind. Talk about picture your church for a second at reach and take all the young adults out of it for a second and describe that picture. What, what does it look like? Feel like go there for a minute. Well, I mean, it was it was there not too long ago. <laughs> We've got a whole section that has kind of been almost designated as the young adult section. 
in our in our church. So they love to sit together, which is great when a new young adult comes in. They're like, hey, this would be a great place for you to sit and like meet people. Um, but man, we would there would be a lot of gaps. We would be like hurting for people to pour into our youth and to our, our kids and even our tech and worship. I mean, it would feel so, it would feel like bare bones, you know? Um, and I think it felt like that for a long time. And so it's been just really fun to see the life that they bring by just being there. You know, they don't always, are. they're not serving every week, but they're there and they're excited to be there. I love that. I love that. I think it's an encouraging thought to have. And, and I would say it, even if you're a leader or a lead pastor and you're listening, maybe that's how we have to start challenging elements of our thinking. If this wasn't so, what yeah. would that look like? And I think Josiah had a realization, not with young adult ministry, but there was a time when we took a break in our relationship mm-hmm. and he's like, two and a half days in, he's like, I realized what my life would be like without you. Yep. Just yeah. dating, not even yep. marriage, but just dating. And as a yeah. as a pastor, even as a lead pastor, if you're thinking or somebody who's passionate about young adults but doesn't know how to implement them into the church, if you were to remove any people group or age demographic from the church, you would significantly feel it. And it would change the dichotomy and the structure and the vision and it would leave a gaping hole, right? So I just think that's a great question, Josiah, to kind of think in reverse. Yeah. I definitely agree. Like I remember that moment in our relationship and sometimes it helps you zoom out and see the big picture. Reba, a second ago, you were talking about the big picture and picture now a hole. It it feels like a hit. It feels like a loss versus, and maybe somebody's like, Mm. I'm there. Now imagine what would your church look like if you added a segment of the population who was teenagers, 20 somethings, young Mm -hmm. thirties, and they were the wave and they were energetic and they were mm-hmm. excited about the vision. They were getting water baptized. They were coming mm-hmm. to these prayer and worship nights. And they, there was a place yeah. even in your um, Sunday or weekend gathering that they sit together. Like, yeah, I mean, who doesn't want that? Yeah. That's great. Well, and I think that's actually, we've seen, that's just probably like the last six months. There's almost been a discontent with the rest of our church because they see what the young adults have and like, well, I want to have that, you know? And so because out of that longing, we've had, we now have a men's and women's ministry that are raising up. Like they're just lay leaders. They're not pastors. And they're like, we need community. Yes. We need us. And so we're going to just make it happen. We're not going to just sit around and complain. We're going to make a difference and make a change. So we've seen them step up and start initiating these ministries where they can too have that community. Um, because we've tried certain things. We told them, we're like, we're, we know that you guys want community and we're trying and it's not working. And so to have them be like, okay, we're going to do this and have them have some buy-in because they've been inspired by this young adults ministry. It's yes. been really fun to see. Yes. I think you're onto something. That is exactly right. Because I cannot tell you how many people that are probably in their forties that have come to us when we've been in roles where we lead the 18 to 30 year olds and they say, what's the actual age cap on young adults? Like, can I be a part of it? I'm not married or what is it actually? So there's a stirring in the hearts of people beyond 30 who may not feel like they have a place in the church at large yet, but it creates, like you said, like 
this discontentment of like, we got to do something and they might be part of the prayer they've been praying and mm-hmm. they might be, be part of the the process that begins to start something new, um, not only in the, the church dynamic, but in the community at large. So absolutely love that. Yeah. Love you ready? I'm ready. Reba, five are you five? up for a, a challenge? Some of the listeners, and one of our favorite parts of the episode is just going one step deeper. It's how to get to know you a little mm-hmm. bit better. And uh, five questions. We'll put five minutes on the clock. Are you up for it? Oh boy. Yes. Okay. <laughs> we'll kick it with question one. And it doesn't need to be about community or young adult ministry or the themes that we talked about, but what's God teaching you lately? Okay, so I'm doing the Bible in a Year plan, which has been really fun and exciting. I'm obviously still in the Old Testament and just seeing how big God is. You know, growing up in church, I've had that intimacy. I've I've known him as a friend and as a father, but like seeing him as God and creator and all powerful in the Old Testament has been really sobering. I mean, his holiness and his perfection, I've just been like, whoa, that just really changes. I think I've, I've gotten a bigger picture of who God is. I think I've seen him too small and personal, which is great, but also having the balance of, you know, this is the all powerful creator God that I get to have mm-hmm. a relationship with and really sobering. <laughs> I love that. That's so good. Okay. Question number two, here's the curveball. If you could ask Josiah and myself, anything under the sun, what would you ask us today? Oh, I've been wanting to ask you this. How do you, you're both working and I, Nick and I are both working. How do you balance your time with your kids, parenting, all the responsibilities? Like, are there certain things you have in place? Yeah. Do you want to go first? For sure. I mean, this is, um, a passion of ours, like we knew, I mean, even before we got married, that we were both called to ministry individually. And the dream all along was mm-hmm. to do that together. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. for a season that was on a college campus before that it was in a local church. And um, so there's always been the he, the she, the we, but as far as adding kids mm-hmm. to the dynamic, our oldest is three, our younger turns two in August. And it's just been a one day at a time approach, but here's some of the guardrails or things that we've filtered as our lens for saying yes or no to different commitments or opportunities. Mm -hmm. Um, Because even a year ago, we launched a new form of ministry. So it's like Micah says, Mm -hmm. oftentimes there's a three-year-old, a two-year-old, a one-year-old, the one-year-old being the ministry. But Mm -hmm. I think for us, our goal is to be at our home church more weeks or an equal number of weeks than we're away. And so we travel some and and there's different events that we're leading or we're invited to, but like we've said no to things if we're going to be gone too much. And similar, the balance point, the tipping point for us is in a given seven day week, we had a calendar meeting this morning Mm -hmm. and it was like, how are, what does coverage look like for childcare events, yada, yada. And and it was like, wow, um, we have some travel upcoming. And so in a given week, we attempt to be home for dinner and bedtime routine more nights than we're away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, so that's meant that we've had to say no to some things that are no for now, not forever. Mm-hmm. But then yeah. it's like we've structured our work week with childcare, et cetera, in a way that maybe you can speak to Micah, but it's, it's like when we're on, we're on. Mm-hmm. And when we're with the kids, 
this one's hard for me and I'm growing and this is public accountability, but <laughs> I try like this afternoon when we pick up the girls, I've got to shut off my phone mm-hmm. and put it in a drawer or something so that I'm on with my girls. Yeah. Yeah. And I think when they're with childcare, like Josiah said, we're on, we're on. So we have like our weekly routines. We have our list of to-dos. We have everything in order from the household priorities that we have work priorities, but then there's also the component of how do we prioritize our family? And I think those are traditions Mm -hmm. Um, as pastors or leaders. Like we try to be, we have pizza party every Friday night and maybe that's healthy. Maybe that's unhealthy, but since COVID we make pizza party Fridays or something fun Sunday. We generally, we haven't been the best at this, but we adopted, we're going to have a Sunday dance party as a family. And we just turn on worship music or like Michael Buble and the girls just go to town, run around having fun that they just, and the record player. So they just love that kind of stuff. And each year we look at our calendar um, as parents of like, okay, we need a family vacation. Yep. We need a getaway just for Josiah and myself, whether it's an overnight mm-hmm. and that's great. So it is really having something to look forward to as a family of four is something that they enjoy and something that I can say we both enjoy as well, because if we mm-hmm. only focus on ministry, we lose our family. If we only focus on ministry or family, then we're losing elements of the calling or we're falling short in that way. So how do we balance those elements? It's a never ending dance, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you find a routine and you get, you think you get comfortable, your child gets in a new stage of life, their sleep training, their potty training, their teething, their whatever, they're going to school, they're, you know, off to college before you know it. So I think some of those boundaries um, are essential with us. And we kind of stick to a weekly routine and daily routine, which really helps. And now that there's room, no room for flexibility, but yeah. Yeah. I love Well, and one quick thought, I remember the night that we came to Alexandria, we had dinner with you guys and your family. And then Nick, he took the girls or your family, your kids mm-hmm. yeah. and in our context, that'd be our girls, but he, he was a dad. He's a parent, yeah. not mm-hmm. a babysitter. He's a dad. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and it was your night of ministry and you led the young adults. And I think that yeah. that's been a great model, even for us. Like mm-hmm. last weekend, Mike was at a women's event. Mm-hmm. I'm bringing the girls to the airport. We're watching airplanes mm-hmm. take off and land, or we're mm-hmm. doing different fun memories, just them and I father daughter dates and mother daughter dates. similar. Like she has a, a minister's wives thing coming up. And mm-hmm. so it's, it's just like anytime I can bless and send, I do because mm-hmm. there's probably already been more times in our marriage or in our family mm-hmm. where the girls have blessed and sent me. Mm-hmm. So I really have been one to encourage Micah and support and say, go mm-hmm. like sign up or say yes, because mm-hmm. I, I just think that that's so important for her to have those opportunities yeah. Um, and I think the other word that I would say that we learned actually in marriage mentoring for the listener is advocating. You have to become the biggest advocate for your family, for your spouse, for your children. And I think God has given us that role. He's given us that authority in some ways that nobody else is going to raise our children. Nobody else is going to take over the ministry for the time being. And we need to be advocates for our family through the, you know, the boundaries of which God is convicting us about as leaders. And it's okay to say no to an opportunity and it's okay not to have to explain everything at the same time. So advocating is I think essential because we need to advocate for one another because nobody else is going to, it's kind of like when you, you, when you write a book, like you are probably the most passionate person about that book because you wrote it, you write in this taking that same mindset, similar mindset can help um, not being afraid to, you know, be a yes person. 
24-7. So it's a great question. That is. Back to you. Ooh. Uh this is question three. And that uh, was a long answer. I know, so it's it's a 10 minute answer. Our, our time doesn't count against your time. <laughs> okay. But uh best advice you think you've ever been given? Mm. Well, when my dad passed away, my mom was a counselor. And so one of the things she told me, I don't know if this is exactly verbatim what she said, but like, whatever you're feeling is okay. And so I feel like I've taken that with me in lots of areas of life, but it was especially helpful in, in the grieving process because there would be moments where all of a sudden out of nowhere, I'm having a meltdown because something triggers something. And my initial, your initial reaction is to, okay, pull myself together. I don't want to feel like I've got things to do. I gotta, I gotta do this, or I don't want to, I'm embarrassed or whatever. But instead I would just like, let the moment be, wow. let myself feel it, let it pass and then move on and not, and not be judge, judgy about that. Like, oh, I shouldn't feel this or why, why would that make me feel this way? You know, it's easy to think things are silly or stupid. Um, but I'm, I'm a huge advocate. I just think people need permission to just feel things, especially negative things. Um, we're so quick to push those away. Mm-hmm. but they don't go away unless we go through them. Um, I don't know if you know the song about the going on a bear hunt song. Yes. The kids- Aurora's been singing it to me. <laughs> <laughs> going on a bear hunt. And then like they, they come to the swamp and they say, we can't go over it. We can't go under it. We got to go through it. Go through and it. Yep. Same with those, the negative emotions. Mm-hmm. It's like, you can't go over it. You can't go under it. You just have to go through it as painful as it is, but it's much less painful even though it might not feel like it in the moment, then if you delay that pain and you delay, it's eventually going to come up. Yeah. <laughs> just how, how bad will it be? So that was great advice that I've, that I was given. That's so good. What, that is wonderful advice. All right. Here's a fun one, hopefully for you. Um, question number four, can you tell us about one of your lifelong friendships or someone who has impacted your life? Oh man, there's so many, but who came to my mind was my friend, Gabby Leone, I don't know if you know her. She's married to Ben. Um, ben was my drummer on one accord when I was on there. And she is petite, but like you don't want to mess with her. Like she was like, <laughs> we were friends in college and she was like my bodyguard. And it's so funny because she just does not look like it, but she's so strong. And what I love about her, because especially as pastors, it's really hard to know who can minister to you. You're always pouring out and always ministering. And those like those really real relationships are hard to find. And she's that person that I could just be myself. I can be totally honest with, and she'll call me out in a very loving way. And like nobody else really like that besides my husband, who I don't like to hear that from, but she's just like, Reba, this is, this is what I'm seeing. And she's, she, is very in tune with the spirit. She's very prophetic. And so I always love talking to her. I feel like I leave every conversation with her either challenged and or uplifted and encouraged. And it's just invaluable. You just, it's hard mm-hmm. to find that as a pastor, especially. That's great. Wow. That's good. That is rare. I love that. So take, take advantage of your fierce little friend. <laughs> yes, I will. I need to call her up now. <laughs> I love that. That's so cool. Um, question five of five, last one. If you could leave 
your musical, so it doesn't need to be a singing note or a song note. I think back to <laughs> Central, by the way, and a lot of times in chapel, it was either you singing on one accord or our other mutual friend, Steph. But um, if you could leave the listener with one note, one word, mm. one piece of advice or encouragement uh, to lift their head, to to encourage them, to help them maybe go through whatever the assignment that God has them on, what would it be? It would be to not be afraid to be real and authentic and vulnerable. Um, obviously, you need to find the right person to be real and vulnerable with. You can't just go around to anybody um, because you want to protect your heart as well. But James 5.16 says, therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. And too often we'll go to God, we'll confess our sins to God and he'll forgive us. But we'll still carry that pain that heartache until you start confessing to other people is when you start getting healed and it's scary because they could reject you and yet until we're allowed allow ourselves to truly be our ugly self to somebody else that is safe we won't truly find that healing and we all long to be known we all long to have somebody know our best and worst parts of us. And when you can find that person to be that way with, it truly brings you back to who you were created to be. So that's what I would encourage. So good. What a great episode. What a great challenge. What a great thought to leave us on and encourage us to know that God has created you so uniquely and it's okay. It's okay to feel your emotions. It's okay to go through them, not ignore them and stuff them. So I love that. Yeah, the closing note for me is to the young leader or listener viewer that you are in, Mm. you know, what you might consider a rural area. Some of the most dynamic, powerful, significant young adult ministries that we've seen Mm -hmm. across our state and far beyond too is just they're in Alexandria, they're in Wilmer, they're in maybe parts of the Mm -hmm. state where it's not like a college town or it's not like, but there's young adults there. Mm -hmm. And maybe besides a church or a community, what, I mean, where else are you going to go for community or some semblance of it? Maybe a bar, maybe a restaurant, maybe a party scene. And so I just want to speak life over the person who's like, well, God's placed me here. Do I need to leave? I don't think you need to leave or go somewhere else. I think there's a need right where you're at. And Mm -hmm. uh, God will use you powerfully led by the Holy spirit Mm -hmm. to minister, whether you're on this inner city streets, whether you're in the suburbs, whether you're in rural parts, there's young adults there. Mm -hmm. They need the love of God. They need community. And this is a great conversation to just think about what is Mm -hmm. that picture of community? What do you want this community to look like? What could it do for your church? What does your church look like with it or without it? But big thanks to Reba Gray for joining us. Thank you. This is the Young Adults Today podcast. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Young Adults Today podcast. If you enjoyed it, feel free to subscribe, leave a review, and share this with someone you know. Right now, yeah.